Hello, everyone. Welcome to the George Mile Show. Hi to my co-host, Heather C. Hey, Heather. Hey. So we're back after a brief hiatus. This is the Pop Culture Podcast. There's been a lot going on. And life has been crazy, haven't been able to record, but that doesn't mean that we can't talk about all of the insane, crazy things that have happened lately. Um, kind of a lot of um, eye-opening, jaw-dropping news. So I want to start off episode five here of the podcast with the loss of Matthew Perry, right? I don't know if there's any Friends fans out there. I think everyone is a Friends fan. What a weird thing to say. But I, I watched it growing up. I don't know anyone who really didn't get into Friends. And it was just huge. And it was, um, oh, yeah, Heather C. said she didn't really get into it, which is kind of crazy it, to me. It's weird because I never, I don't say I never watched it. I think I've seen, like, a few episodes. But I was obsessed with the people, if that makes any sense. Like, I loved the concept. I loved the actors. I loved, like, even the memorabilia. But, like, when it came down to sitting down and watching the show, I, I don't know. I don't know. That's it's so weird. weird. It, it might have been over, I don't want to say over my head at <laughs> the time, but, you know, they, maybe just, like, where I was at in my life, it was maybe, like, not where I was at. <laughs> so it, it didn't grasp my attention. So the world is mourning the loss of Matthew Perry, and it's very shocking. You know, we all know that Matthew had his struggles. But yeah. we thought that he was on the other side of it. And again, we can't speculate what happened. Don't know. A lot of people have so many, you know, when something horrible and tragic happens, there's all of these um conspiracy theories of what people assume happened. Like, oh, you know, this isn't something that, you know, happened naturally. At some point, we have to just kind of sit back and and mourn the loss and stop getting into these these well, what happened? Who done it? And I saw the police were investigating um this as a um robbery was the last thing I saw. And there's just all of different, but there was no drugs at the scene of the crime, at the scene of the incident. And the autopsy said that his drugs of choice were not in his system. So I can't imagine what his it's like because both of his parents are still alive. So they have to they lost him on Friday, they buried him. And the family and the cast and his friends were all, and I can't imagine the turmoil and pain that they're going through. Yeah, we know him from TV, but we don't know him you know, as a person. We didn't have that friendship and that bond that he built with all these people. And, you know, it really makes you, I thought, I've always talked about this um, last week when we lost um, someone. I was like, we have to really start honoring people more when they're here. And it's, it's true. And I, I we, we lose someone because it's always so unexpected. We didn't yeah. know. We didn't have time. And I think Mariah Carey, wrote, I know that Mariah Carey wrote a song once we day, and she said, you know, I'm, I'm sorry I didn't get to say all the things that I should have said to you. And it's, it's hard because we never know what's going to happen in the future. And it's just, we got to really start appreciating people. And if this was something that had to do with mental health, we got to start taking notice. We are losing people. And I don't know what was going on with Matthew. We don't know. And we may never know, you know, depending I'm on the way this I don't know. I like, I'm always big on like the conspiracy theories. And I'm almost wondering if it could have been like potential, like S word. <laughs> it's triggering for a lot of people. So I won't say it, but maybe unaliving himself. <laughs> um, only because I guess I haven't read his book, but apparently, like, 
lately he kept using a lot of terms with like Batman in it. Yeah. But he would say Matt Man. And like I want to say somewhere it said like if you can't find me or if I'm not here, or whatever, something Batman. And like his last like several posts all said like, oh, not on the town, Matt Man, or in my jacuzzi. You know, and it, it all had something to do with it. And then I don't know, like the whole thing was just like really like eerie, but it's like Hollywood is such a draining place. Everything that we've ever heard from like celebrities is draining. I mean, they have the industry down their backs. They have to constantly be in competition with the next hottest thing. You know, they have more money than they know what to do with. So, you know, they're buying anything and everything they're not used to people telling them no and it's like i think a lot of these poor celebrities and i sounds like oh poor them but <laughs> they're people too and i think people forget that you know i think that um their their mental health is really damaged because of all this and it's like I know people want to be like, oh, well, that's their job. No one told them to do it. But it's like, okay, they're human beings just like we are. You know, they had a passion just like we have a passion, except they took it to the next level and they actually pursued it. You know what I mean? Like they did what they needed to do to like make their dreams happen. And yeah, Every dream probably comes with like a sacrifice or a consequence or whatever, but it's like in the end of the day, they put their pants on one leg at a time. Like we do, they bleed just like we do. Like literally they're humans. So just like you have a bad day or you get overwhelmed and stressed or some days you're depressed. They do too. And I think that the world forgets that. They just want to be like, oh, well, you got millions of dollars, so you don't count. Yeah, they do. Because look at how TLC was. They were like one of the biggest girl groups ever. And they didn't see like a penny of their earnings for the longest time. So just because they're in the limelight or the spotlight, we don't know what they're doing or what they're going through or what habits they have. So the Matthew Perry thing is very very sad. And I know he had a lot of struggles and he had a lot of habits, but he tried to get himself together and he tried to get himself clean. Whatever the cause of his death is, I hope that they have it figured out. So that way, at least his mom and dad can have some peace because nobody should have to bury their children. Even if their children are grown adults, it does, it shouldn't work that way. So my heart goes out to all of his friends, his family, his fans, anybody who, you know, ever liked or cared about him, I feel so bad because regardless of what it is, he's a human being and he passed away and it's sad. So, yeah, I agree with you. He's a person first. And I, you made a good point. A lot of times, regular people, I call non-celebrities regular people, <laughs> they like to write off celebrities' problems based on how much money they have in their bank account. Like, oh, well, if I was in their shoes, I wouldn't complain because I'd have so much money, I'd be happy. And I think a lot of times people are under the impression that money solves problems. And no matter what it you're doesn't. going through is 
exactly. It actually heightens them. I think um, Notorious B.I.G. was the one who was like, look, more money you have, you think you have problems <laughs> more now, the more problems. Exactly. It's, it's only yeah. going to get worse. And, you know, it's hard for normal people to understand, you know, if you have billions and millions of dollars in your bank account, how you could be, you know, depressed or how you could have anger issues or how you could have uh, um, addiction. But money is so irrelevant to those things. Those problems are present in people who have zero dollars in their account, $10 in their account, $2 million in their account. Those issues follow everyone. They're non-discriminatory issues. And it's such a hard thing to pinpoint. Like you can talk to a, a, a coach or a specialist who works with people um, who have addiction and they're like, walks life. Like I've seen every type of person come through their office. They've worked with so many different people from celebrities to rich people, to CEOs, to homeless people, to people who work in fast food. This, this addiction is there for everyone. So you made a really good point. We really need to stop writing off people based on how much money they have or how big their house is. Mental health cares nothing whatsoever about what you have. It comes to you and it hits you really difficult. It hits you hard. And sometimes the lack of support and understanding could be the demise of these people. We have to come together and treat everyone like they matter, regardless of their background, who they are, how much money they have, what their talent is. Then that is so irrelevant to helping and supporting people. Yeah. And sometimes even having the most money in the world is what brings the most problems because you have the world at your fingertips and it's just, it's a dangerous thing. You know, you could have everything in the world and it's like, that actually causes more problems because then you don't know, you don't know who you can really trust. You don't know who's there for you because the first thing you want to do is be like, Oh, well, you know, I have all this money, but like, does my girlfriend only want to be with me because, you know, what I can buy her? Or does my husband want to be with me because of what I can do for him? Or my friends only hanging right. out with me because they want to get into VIP stuff. And it's like, it just sounds so crazy because like a normal everyday random person doesn't have those issues, you know, like normally your friends are with you, whether you're broke or not. Um, but it's true. Like you literally don't want to have the sense of being used to where you almost feel alone. And a lot of these people do resort into drug use and gambling and all that stuff just to try to find some type of happiness to find um, an escape from realism. So I don't know. Yeah. Mental health is a very big thing amongst all human beings, regardless of what their stature is. And, you know, if you know somebody that is struggling or that needs help, please do not turn the other cheek. Be there for them. You know, everybody needs to be an advocate for one another. You need to be able to be there for one another and make sure that everybody's okay. Check in once in a while. See, you know, see how your friends are doing. They might seem happy, but maybe they're not. So, so I saw this picture of jessica simpson and apparently years back she was struggling with um a, her weight and mm -hmm. alcoholism i didn't yeah. know this completely went my head so she was doing an interview and the lady was holding up pictures and she said that you ever overcame you know your addiction and i was like wait when did jessica simpson have this addiction i didn't realize because after she took a a, a stint away 
singing, you know, years and years away from singing, she started her own line. She was in um, department stores. And I remember she became a billionaire, not her singing. Okay. That, that, which was mind boggling for me because she had, she was such a huge name in the music industry. She didn't make a billion dollars doing that because she said DLC. You don't make the money there. She started selling clothing and shoes and luggage, right? If I'm not mistaken. And she became a billionaire. And I thought when she started her and her, her Jessica Simpson line was doing so well, my assumption, since I didn't see her, she wasn't in the public eye. I assumed everything was fine. Wasn't based. And I think this is the main issue we have um, in our society is we just assume people are doing okay. We Nobody reaches out. Nobody checks in. You know, even though her life seemed to be going great, she was struggling and the pictures that they showed she looked so unrecognizable to me i i literally assumed there were fake photos it didn't even look like her she didn't look like herself now when i see her now today she looks amazing she looks literally like she did in 2001 i'm not exactly sure how she managed it she looks amazing and i'm just so proud of what she did because again i was most billionaire she has her kids she's married she's happy she's in a good place me not seeing her in the limelight was a sign of her happiness and it's like like you said we gotta stop assuming everything is okay and we have to check in on people and i'm so happy for her because i know you're a big jessica fan and you know jessica christina and Brittany, all around the same era and we've seen with all three of them the issues that stardom at a very young age this jessica had a book before Brittany did and it was a very good memoir of her life. And she shared a lot of like her troubled past, a lot like her growing up, um, a lot of like her alcoholism stemmed before she found her husband that she's with now, Eric, and her children. Um, it was a lot like after like the Nick Lachey error because she was like kind of like how Brittany was so in love with Justin like Jessica was in love with Nick she said you know she pointed to her picture on the wall and was like I'm gonna marry that one <laughs> and um if only it was that easy you know I had tons of posters on my wall but <laughs> I guess <laughs> selective hearing I guess but um she, you know, she went through a lot and I guess Nick wasn't always the nicest to her and she, she got wrapped up. She got wrapped up in, in drinking, trying to like soothe herself. And, you know, she got a lot of criticism because her weight fluctuated, you know, she would gain weight, especially during like her pregnancy, she gained a lot of weight. And I think that's the most disgusting thing ever that people could actually have the audacity to come for women on their appearance, period, but their appearance when they're pregnant, that is what kills me. Like, first of all, the woman is bringing life into this world. She's gorgeous. She's glowing. You know what I mean? And it's like, how do you have the nerve to like nitpick her and say, oh, she's gaining all this weight or, oh, her ankles and this, that, and the other. Like they came for Kim Kardashian when she was pregnant. They came for Jessica Simpson when she was pregnant, Brittany, all of them. And it's just like, you know what? Leave them alone. They spent their whole life, their whole career being told what to do, being gorgeous for people. And it's like, let them be 
gorgeous carrying their child. You know what I mean? Like, let them have that moment where they're just like beautiful because they're pregnant. And I hate that people bully people like that. It's just it's yeah. the world is something else. When did creating life become something that needs approval? Like the way you look when you're creating a life or starting your family like i get when you're on tour and you're on the lamb you're in the limelight and you're touring and you have the fan that's one thing they want you to look a certain way you still don't have to live to those standards but i get it but when you're out living your life your personal life having kids getting married starting family who cares and if, if a woman is gaining weight when she's pregnant which is a completely normal process by the way like i don't know any woman who's ever given birth child and gain weight because you're literally creating a human being that human being is going to weigh more because it's not you. It's another person. So I don't know what the crazy psychotic mind of people to think that a woman can get pregnant, create another human being and have it and then look the exact same the entire time. What kind of sick person even assumes that, right? Like lay off people. Oh my gosh, I have to bring this up. So, you know, well, I know you're a Paris Hilton fan. Paris Love Hilton, as long as I remember, you've always loved her. That's hot, right? She's hot. She's hot. That's so. Hot. We we know that she has a son. I believe his name is Phoenix. And she has not been posting Phoenix a lot. She's been very secretive with her son. I fully agree. Keep keep him away from the, the madness. So she posted a picture of her son, um, a great picture, her and her son. And there were people on the internet who actually had the audacity to comment on this child's, this baby's appearance. I remember talking to you about it. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I just saw a picture of Phoenix and, you know, Paris had to make a, a video or whatever or asking people to stop talking about the shape of his head or the size of his. And I was like, are you serious? Are we really in a society where people are bullying children, infants? I can't even imagine why we live in a society where people are under the assumption that you can comment on a child's appearance to its mother. Right. Like, I can't even imagine. And the fact that she had to even make a post and ask people like stop saying these things, he's fine, he's healthy. Just what in the world? How would you feel to say you posted a picture of your child and you're part of this, this, the child that you've waited your whole life to have. And then people are saying these things. How would you even feel? I think I would have handled it. I probably would handle it worse than Paris. Like, I feel like she tries to be very elegant, which, you know, I'm, I'm glad for her, but as a mom, you have the excuse to like, let out your inner ghetto because you, you do not need to like, take that type of nonsense from people like that baby can't even talk. So how are you going to say such rude stuff about it? It can't even defend itself. Like, and then everybody wants to be a pediatrician. Everybody wants to be a doctor. Like, you're like, oh, is he even healthy? Like, is there a tumor in his head? Like, that's crazy. Like, she is rich. <laughs> she, I'm sure, has taken him to the doctor. If there was something wrong with him, she would know before you. <laughs> so whatever happened to you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. Or keep scrolling if you don't like it like I thought it was so sweet that she posted a mother-son photo of him and just to show that she isn't ashamed and she's stood her ground she continued to post pictures with him 
especially through Halloween, they had little like costumes and stuff together and everything. And it was so cute. And even her husband got in on it too. And I'm just, I'm so like happy for Paris that she is a mother. I know that that's all that she really wanted for the longest time. And, you know, she didn't physically have the baby herself. So, you know, she, it was her eggs though, but she had, you know, a person carry him for, but I think that I'm glad that she, she waited until she was ready. You know, she didn't have the pressure or anything like that. She became a mom when the time was right for her. And I know that she like loves him to pieces. So for people to be so rude to this little baby who, like I said, couldn't even like defend himself. That's just ridiculous to me. And she seems like the nicest celebrity like in the world. Like she's so nice. She's so positive. Every time you see her, she's always like greeting people, taking pictures with fans. So I'm like, she doesn't deserve it. She doesn't deserve any of that negativity or the backlash. She really doesn't. She really does. She has a lot going on, by the way. Um, she has a, a product line of cookware. Love that, it. Um, mm. Is it at Walmart and other select stores? Um, but I also heard when she performed, if you guys remember on New Year's Eve, Paris Hilton performed and Sia was also there. And she was approached by Sia and Sia said, you're a pop star. So like, I don't know what you've been doing lately. But she was like, I want to help write and produce your next album. So we might be hearing music from Paris Hilton that Sia was a part of. Is that exciting for you? Because I really love Sia. And when Sia writes a song, like I still feel to this day, Chandelier is one of the best songs ever written. I know a lot of people might disagree with me. I don't care how you feel. I feel like one of the best songs ever written is so um raw and the emotion is there. And she wrote it for Rihanna, by the way. And I, I would pay money to hear a Rihanna Clear, would you or would you not like? I would, I would love to hear I don't it like from Rihanna's mouth. It's not in her range. I love Rihanna, don't get me wrong. This is not a hate on Rihanna at all, but it's like, let's be realistic. Every celebrity has a tone, every celebrity has a range. And like I said, this is no disrespect to her at all. I love Rihanna, I love her music, her products, everything, but just like Britney, you know, Britney is my queen, but like Britney is not doing chandelier either. Like everybody has their range and it's just, it's not maybe Christina Aguilera. She's got the range, you know, or Jessica Simpson, you know, she wanted to take a, a wing at it. So, you know, she could probably do it, but um, yeah, I. They made so how do you feel about some Sia written Paris Hilton? Song. Because, you know, Paris is a DJ, a traveling DJ, right? But she hasn't taken on singing. She did perform. Everybody was happy to see it on New Year's Eve. Everybody was really happy to see her perform. And we brought back a lot of nostalgia. We remember when she used to be on the radio. And she really does truly enjoy singing. Are you excited with the idea of a new Paris Hilton album? Do you think you would go see her on tour? Like, how do you feel? She has some new music that she did put out she redid the stars are blind and she had kim petrus in it with her and i thought that was really cute because it was kind of like fun loving and it was like the same type of like melody except she added kim to it to like have like a little twist it was cute and she also fun fact not a lot of people knew this but she did a collaboration with Taco Bell. And we know that Taco Bell 
never keeps their products for long periods of time, like as quickly as one would tell you this, Taco Bell probably discontinued it. So they had like, it was like some type of like fiery burrito or something like um, nacho cheese fire hot. I don't know. It was <laughs> very short lived, but um, anyway, she had like a whole song for it. And she had like a, like a little commercial and they even gave her like a phone line. And if you called the phone, she was like on the line and she'd be like, Hey, this is Paris. Like that's hot or whatever. And they would play like a snippet of her song. So that was, that was kind of cool. But like I said, anything Taco Bell does, they don't, they don't like to keep new stuff for long periods of time, but it was so cute. They should have banked on that though. They should have did like merch and you know pushed her song a little bit more for it because i know i downloaded yeah. the song so <laughs> but um yeah it was cute i even called the, the hotline and i pushed all the buttons so i could hear all her messages <laughs> what what year was this this year <laughs> this was recent. i didn't even know that's crazy see i didn't even notice but you're right taco bell i will sit in my living room and there'll be a commercial on and then i'll get in my car literally right after, after taco bell <laughs> And I was like, can I order that? They're like, we don't sell that anymore. And I'm like, but I just, (laughs) right? I'm like, that was really fast. Yeah, no, it was this year. It was this year. It actually might have been like the beginning of summer, maybe like May, May, June, around there. Um, And yeah, it it was like a whole hotline because I follow her on Instagram and she like posted about it. And she was like, oh, yeah, dial the, you know, the Taco Bell hotline or whatever. And here are, like, exclusive stuff. So I was like, yes, I'm doing it. So I called, and, like, each button was, like, Paris talking. And she had, like, little messages and stuff and a snippet of the song. And it was, like, two burritos or something. Like, the fiery hot. I want to say it had their, um, you know how, like, they put, like, those little, like, chips in it? Um, yeah. What are they called? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they the have world burrito. Know that. <laughs> yeah, and it, I think, uh, kind of like the how the fiery hot Cheetos type of thing, like that type of burrito line. And I don't know, because I actually went to talk about to buy one, and nothing. They didn't even bank on the wrapper. Like there was no wrapper, no cup, no nothing that said Paris Hilton. Mm. Like when McDonald's does the celebrity meals, which they haven't done in a hot minute. Yeah, they should have did that. They should have did Paris Hilton. It would have been awesome. I mean, I feel like Paris is back. It's interesting because a lot of times they say when you become a mom, you you your career gets harder to keep up with. But I feel like she's been mom. Paris has been more in the spotlight. You feel like that? I feel like she's so much more. <laughs> oh look, Paris Hilton. See, this is my point exactly. I feel like her becoming a mom is like a superpower. Like now she's she's making music again. She is approaching her. She's got a product line. Apparently she had a whole meal at Taco Bell. I didn't know. Like I feel like when she started her family, that was her career kind of symbolically starting again. You know, she has taken a break from the limelight. She's always been there. She's always been around. But I feel like now, now is her time. Now that she's ready to make new music, she has a, a massive singer-songwriter producer behind her. You know, there's people who would give anything to have Sia even notice that they exist, right? So, you know what I love? I just have to say this: her line is so affordable. It is so affordable for everyday moms (laughs) that 
work a regular job that just want to have cute stuff. And like, I'm not even like a person that is in the kitchen. I don't like cooking. <laughs> I don't like anything like that. But I was like, if I don't own a pink frying pan, what is life? And I had to get one. And they were so reasonable. They retail for $19.97 because Walmart has those weird numbers. Um, and then I don't know if everybody has like a Ross store here in Florida. They do. Ohio has them. Um, you can actually find it there. That is a find. <laughs> um, they're $14.99 there. And the Tumblr cup is so cute. It's kind of like a Stanley dupe for all the girls who know, who know. <laughs> um, it keeps your, your drinks insulated and it's half the cost of Stanley. So cute. And I carried it with me all day with my ice water and stayed hydrated. And it's so affordable. It is so affordable. And you do not have to feel bad when you treat yourself. So I commend Paris for that because she very well with her name could have been in Macy's or, you know, anything. And she's like, no, I'm going to Walmart. <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention she is back because Paris and Love season two is also coming back. So, yeah, her starting her family, getting married and having this baby, it hasn't slowed her down at all. Like, wait, Paris and Love is also coming back. If you guys didn't watch season one, that's where we met her husband. Um, she introduced him to the world through her reality and it's coming back. So we get to actually watch if she is recording an album, whatever she's doing, we're gonna get to see that on the show. Where is that streaming again? I don't remember which streaming service. Peacock. It's on Peacock and it's this month is a brand new season. So if you're a Paris fan, make sure you're tuning in because Paris has taken over the world. It's like um 2002 again, right? Like where's Lindsay Lohan and um who was her other friend? Um, Brittany. Britney, yeah, poor Britney's doing. Oh, you know what? I feel like 2001 is taking over the world again, right? I feel like whatever was going on then, they're oh, back. Yeah. So it's we, my era. We gotta get into <laughs> we gotta get into Britney because her her childhood home in Kentwood, Louisiana, went on the market. It's one hour from where I grew up. Ironically, um, she um grew up in this home. They built an entire dance studio in the backyard. It's like this big warehouse dance studio. It's still there. The house is kind of in disarray, like the, the dance studio needs some repairs. The house itself is in good condition. It's a three-bedroom, three-bed house. Um, I think it's 2,300 square feet. Um, it went on the market for $1.2 million, which is ironic. Her dad sold earlier in the year for $289,000. So the person who bought it from her dad says it's not going to become like a museum because a a lot of the original furnishings from when Britney's journey began, when she was living there, are still there. Like, for instance, there's a dining room set, um, there's some couches, and there's some furniture in Britney's room, like a dresser and a mirror that they said was there when she was a child. So if this was to become a museum, I know there's already a Britney Spears Museum in Kentwood, um, but this is the house where she grew up in. Do you want to see that? Would you want to go there? Is that like something that you would want to be a part of or, or experience? Is water wet? <laughs> Is the sky blue? <laughs> like, hello? Of course. I'm mad that I couldn't put a bid on the house and own it myself. Like, I would love to go. And I, you know, have never been to Louisiana. Um, but I always said that if I went, I wanted to go down to Kentwood. And at the time when she had her Nala restaurant and her dad was running it, 
So I was like, oh, I wanted to go visit all this. But, you know, you could tell how long ago that was because her dad didn't have to work another day in his life because of Brittany. So, um, but no, I think that's awesome. I mean, like all like the people that have the houses that turn into a museum like um, Selena and Elvis, you know, their their houses have become museums and they're so successful you know and the family runs it but this one isn't the family running it this is going to be some like outsider running it um so hopefully they you know they don't take it as money 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 and you know they make the prices fair so that way people can can see it you know because i know that if i ever make my way that way i definitely would love to check out all of britney's childhood stuff i wonder how she feels about the idea of people being able to go into her childhood i don't know I read her book and I know most of America probably read her book at this point. Um, her childhood that she describes is um, very interesting. You know, she had her good moments and she had her bad, but I think she had a lot of bad. You know, she had said in the book that her father was an alcoholic and her mom would scream and yell and, you know, she would be a young girl and she actually shared a room with her brother, not Jamie Lynn, but her brother. And her mom actually had to tell her, Brittany, you're getting too old. You have to have your own separate room. But she would like share, like she loved just like, it's, it sounds so weird. She loved like sharing a bed with her brother, but like not in a weird way, but just like they bonded. And I think because, like, all that stuff was going on, like, in her house, she felt, like, comfortable because, like, they were experiencing that together. You know, they had to deal with it. And um, basically, like, she said that she would get up in the middle of the night. Like, she wouldn't be able to sleep. And she'd have to yell at her mom to, like, shut up because her mom would be yelling at her dad, who's, like, passed out from being drunk out of his mind so i would think that britney wouldn't probably care about her childhood home because it you know had a lot of bad memories to it so i don't know the book that, is was, good for that you, was that was my first idea because when it was going up for sale and her dad was selling it i said if it meant something to her she probably would have bought it's like a lot of times when something like that happens in your family um like when my grandparents passed away um the family took the house they didn't want anyone to sell it like we want to keep this in the family so when that happened and i know somebody would have told her right she's Brittany. somebody said hey your childhood home is up market if it meant something i feel like she would have said i'm gonna grab it you know and keep that in the family so when you say those memories happened in that house i understand why she wouldn't want to hold on to something like that and i wonder if she's ever really been back there you know, and how many years it's been, because a lot of times that traumatic location can be such a trigger for you. So I wonder, because I know the house has been in the family for quite a while, but no one is living it. So it makes you wonder, like, does she ever even want to step foot back in there? Because it's going to bring her back to a time in her life where, you know, she didn't feel, she didn't feel comfortable, she didn't feel happy, you know, and I think a lot of times, People misconstrue relationships. Like I was really, really close with my sister. Like, I want to live with my sister. She's older than me. I didn't want to live with my mom. I wanted to live with my sister. We did everything together. My sister would go in the car to do anything. I would jump in the car with her. Like I was attached to the hip. So I think a lot of people misconstrue relationships. I think Brittany and her brother just had a strong bond and she felt comfortable 
comfortable and safe with her brother. There was nothing weird about it. You know, because I grew up in Louisiana, and you know, you just take to certain people in your family, and then you have a rough upbringing and environment. People who make you feel safe, make you feel comfortable, you cling on to that because you just don't you don't know where else to know where else to go, and family is is important. So you took right. that you finished reading the book. So there's so much. I wanted to ask you a specific question because Christina Aguilera was asked if Brittany brought her up in the book, you know, how would she feel? Did she bring up Christina Aguilera? Because that's been a burnt question because a lot of people felt they didn't really get along when they were both at their peaks. And in your opinion, is that true? So let, let's just jump into that. So do you feel like Brittany and Christina were really pinned against each other or do you feel like that was just what people wanted to believe? Hey, first question answered. She did mention Christina, but it was minimal. When she mentioned Christina, she had mentioned the era where Christina was doing her stripped album and she was touring briefly with Justin Timberlake and they did like a co-headlining tour, justified strip tour. And um, she was saying like, she was describing basically like the cover of the magazine that they were on. Um, but a lot of it was more towards Justin than Christina because there was rumors at the time of that, that Justin was talking to Christina. So it makes people wonder if that's the girl that Brittany was referring to when um, she had said that she didn't want to expose the girl because she's married with kids now. So they're like, oh, I wonder if it's Christina. Um, <laughs> but um she she would just say like you know um basically like what you said like people were always trying to like pin them against each other or whatever so like if she did mention christina it wasn't like in depth like she never like went through any moments like she never said like oh this one time we were on the mickey mouse club we went to the mall together like it was nothing like that like it was just very slim might have been her name like here and there um, but it wasn't anything bad because like reading the whole book, I'm I'm having a hard time referring back to anything to tell you that she said about her. Like, I feel like if it was good or juicy, you know what I mean? Like, because everybody was shocked when she was at the 2000s VMAs and her and Christina presented together. And I want to say they presented Eminem with an award. It was really controversial because everybody knew that Eminem would dog all of them. And they're like, oh, my God, like, that's so crazy. Are they going to, like, beat him up because, you know, whatever. And then they hate each other. And they were holding hands. They walked out together. So, she, like, she didn't even mention that. Like, she didn't even mention that at all. So, yeah, no, she didn't really touch bases on Christina that much. And um, wait, what else did you ask about Christina? Well, I was curious to know if um, they really didn't get along. I think you have answered that. And, you know, if she touched on it in the book. Do you think it's interesting that there were some people Brittany chose to name by and the thing that they did to her? And then there were some people she chose to say, well, this did happen, but I don't want to discuss that. How do you feel about the idea that she wanted to expose certain things about her her life because when you read the book you said that she would skip major um because you just said that she didn't talk about you know her and christina presenting and the eminem situation and he, you know the songs that he wrote making fun of them all these issues she a lot of things out do you feel like there's going to be another book like how do you feel because you know there's a lot of other britney is what 41 years old i believe 
there's, and she's been a celebrity since she was 15, 16. There's okay. so much. You can't possibly fit all in the book. So how do you feel? Do you feel like she has more story to tell? Or do you feel like this was just the truth she wanted out there? Everything else is private. Okay. So this is my honest opinion. Now, I've loved Britney since the beginning of time. And I know, like, when you mentioned me, I'm a fan of a lot of people. It seems like if they're all in the same boat, I'm probably a fan of theirs. But everybody who knows me knows that Britney is top tier in my life. <laughs> so I love her. And I was really excited to read her book. I really was. Because I followed the Free Britney movement. You know, I... I knew about the conservatorship. I knew that when she was doing her circus tour in her Vegas residency, that something wasn't right. And this was before the Free Britney movement. So I like to say that I was one of the first people that noticed there was a problem. But <laughs> um, she, I, I knew, I knew that there's something off. So I was really looking forward to reading her book and hearing her side of the story because she was silenced for so long. But I knew that she couldn't really get into a lot because her children are still minors and, you know, she's still got all that problem with Kevin Federline and everything. So it's like she couldn't really go into full detail with them because anything could probably hurt her in the long run with her children or him wanting more money from her for whatever reason, you know. So I think... Um, when she was finishing up the book, she wasn't divorced yet. So, of course, Brittany's going to have more story to tell. But here's my thing about it. The first thing I said when I closed the book was, wow, that's not what I thought it was. And I was left with so many questions. And I say that because... Anybody who, even if you're not like a true Britney fan, you're just kind of like, oh, I like her, I respect her, I like her music, or you watch TikTok, you watch the videos, you follow anything about her, you hear all these stories. There's so many things that people have said that she had not went into detail about. She went, she, she mentioned the conservatorship. She mentioned that she felt like a prisoner. And, you know, she wasn't able to do stuff. She said she lost her passion. She lost not wanting to make music because, you know, her dad became so ugly and controlling. He had the nerve to say to her, I'm Britney Spears. She's like, I'm not even myself anymore. My dad is trying to be me. Like, that's crazy. And she went into all that, you know, she had mentioned that, the, you know, the doctors would come and, you know, she got evaluated on medication. Like she, she mentioned all that. And then she mentioned um, a lot of in detail of her relationship with Justin. She mentioned her abortion and she had mentioned all the stuff that she had went through. And she even said that Justin cheated multiple times. She cheated, you know, she, her whole feelings on all that. But there was other things like she has she skipped timelines like she would mention her album. She said that um, her blackout album was like her biggest album that she had. I don't know the number statistics on all of it. Um, I know that Gimme More was really popular, but 
I don't know if I would say that's her biggest album. Is, <laughs> like is that the album? Is that the album with Toxic on it? Or a no, album? that's In the Zone. I remember In the Zone doing really, really well. Well, yeah. She even talked about um, meeting Madonna and doing the uh, Me Against the Music together. Um, basically, she talked about all that, but she she skipped over a lot of her albums. Like, she talked about Blackout. She didn't talk about Baby One More Time. She didn't talk about Oops, I Did It Again. She didn't even talk about the Britney album. She did say that when she was doing the music video for Overprotective, while she was in her dressing room waiting to come back to set, she had gotten a text message from Justin saying, it's over. And wow. she was devastated. And her director came in and was like, oh, okay, Brittany, we're ready, you know, whatever. And she literally couldn't say anything. She had a flip phone because this was like, you know, 2001. And she held up her phone to him and was like, <laughs> And he was like, oh, okay, well, I guess we're done or whatever. Unless, you know, you want to go out there and show him, like, what he's missing. And she went out there. And if you've seen the video, if not, go on YouTube and watch Overprotective, the Dark Child Remix video. She looked amazing. Amazing. And, you know, you wouldn't even known that she had went through a breakup. Like, during that, like, she looked gorgeous. But, yeah, she never talked about the Britney Jean album. There was a lot of speculation that she had nothing to do with that album. And people were, it wasn't even her vocals. And it was funny because she had uh, a song with Jamie Lynn on that album. So that would make sense if it wasn't really her. She didn't even mention, she didn't even know her. Like, she didn't even mention um, Britney Jean's at all. And she skipped over to Glory. And she said that she was really pr uh, proud of Glory when she was doing that. She worked with a lot of amazing people. And that kind of gave her her spark for wanting to do it again. But I was just kind of like, it, it just seemed like she was giving a rough draft or a, I don't know, like just a, like a, a brief presentation <laughs> of her life, an overview. Do you feel like, she's not a hundred percent free a lot of people said that reading the book they said that she's still not saying everything and i don't know hard because her personal life is her personal life she doesn't have to tell everything but you did say that she skipped over a lot and people were like i don't even think she had anything to do with the book you know i would say that too but she did say a lot of stuff about her dad and all the people that was in her life during the conservatorship. And I felt like, I don't think they would have mentioned all that. Um, because apparently, because oh, like a lot of people are like, well, why didn't she do anything? Why didn't she stop it or whatever? Well, they wouldn't let her get a lawyer. She had a court appointed lawyer and they wouldn't do anything for her. And her dad tapped her phone. He was listening to her conversations. He was monitoring her text messages. So any text messages she had between her and her children, her and her boyfriend, her dad's seen it all. All her people saw it. it. They literally had her on like surveillance and she was living like a prisoner. She really was like, she was not lying. I don't know 
if she's completely free or not, because a lot of people are like, well, why is she spinning around in her living room if she can <laughs> do whatever she wants? But it's like, I feel very sad. I feel like Brittany has endured so much hurt and trauma that she doesn't know how to deal with all of it. And there's a lot of damage. And she could be free, but what do they say? The damage is probably done. You know, misdiagnosed, was on drugs. And people have said that she was never on drugs. She drank alcohol, but she was never an alcoholic. She smoked cigarettes, but she did not do drugs. She tried to take supplements, vitamin supplements, but her dad pulled the plug on those and made her go to rehab for him. Yeah. And she did take, I want to say, I don't know why I want to say Adderall, but I don't think that's right. She was taking um, a medicine for her um, like depression, anxiety or whatever. And she stopped taking that. And then they were putting her on like lithium and everything. And her grandmother, Jean, was put on lithium and was locked up against her will. And she unalived herself. So it was almost oh, like, wow. and then Jean was her dad's mother. So yeah, there's a lot. There was a lot unfolding. So I think Brittany probably is free but she's traumatized and she doesn't know who she could trust because when your own family is harming you, who do you have to trust? Yeah, that's true. And it's crazy how we now know what was going on and no one is going to have to pay any consequences for what went. I think that's what's scary to me, like tapping her phone and you know, the way that she was controlled, I feel like there should be, be some sort of investigation and somebody should be held accountable because there's a conservatorship where you're caring for the person and then there's controlling the person and making them a prisoner and that's what she went through and it's crazy to me how regardless of the situation no one is stepping in and hey this was illegal what they were doing to her is illegal no one is gonna have to pay for anything and i feel like her justice was the book right like like the way that she's gonna get any justice from what people did to her and got away with it was the book and this was her way of making it right and i feel like this was unfortunately the only avenue that she was able to exercise in my opinion if a judge was to go through and look at everything that happened to her and what she went through there's has to be something illegal going on you cannot steal someone's money you cannot troll someone you cannot have them held against their will like there's that's kidnapping you know, and it's just so it's hard because I know the conservatorship was created to help um, protect people, you know, people who can't make decisions for themselves and who can't take care of themselves. But the way that it would be used, I think we need to reanalyze the laws around conservatorship because you shouldn't be able to take advantage and purpose of a conservatorship to help them, give them the support that they need, not take advantage of them and not control their life and make them a prisoner in their own home and this is a very eye-opening um experience to say the least i feel like what she went through we need to be making strides to make sure that other this doesn't happen to other people 
you know, and I get, you know, it was created for a reason. It was there to help people. But when it's not helping people, we have to evaluate. Exactly. Exactly. Because she's a human being and she lost out on a lot of her life dealing with being a prisoner where she couldn't even have her own money, her own car. She was paying for everybody. And part of her breakdown was because she wasn't able to see her children. And, you know, she went through all that drama with Justin and everything. And she grew up in the public eye and people were scrutinizing her and calling her all types of names. And, you know, she would get interviewed and she would be asked questions about her body and whether or not she was a virgin. And Justin would get asked questions like, you know, when are you putting out your next album? And it's just like, it's not fair. She's an artist just like he is. Like, you should be able to ask her the same type of questions. Who Whose business is it? Who she's sleeping with? If she slept with anybody? You know, what she's done with her body? Like, it, that's it's just crazy how women are treated in the industry and in the world. It's just, it's not fair. You know what? This is a good point. I've said a million times, why is it that a male rapper can go on stage in a long, um, full to the floor fur coat, a hoodie, a hat, a jacket, jeans, shoes, a necklace, a chain, whatever. But when a female rapper goes on stage, you expect her to be in bra and panties, and the bra and panties are barely covering anything. Like, I need to understand why we can't respect the talent of women and their appearance has nothing to do with their talent. And I, I 100% stand behind women who they don't adhere to these ridiculous standards of, oh, you have to walk out half-dressed for people to listen to you sing. I stand by women who never, but for some reason, a man can go out and perform in a trench coat. Everybody will still love him, buy his album, go to his album. Or we Drake all the time. Drake goes out, he wears a big coat, he wears a hoodie, a beanie cap, you know, whatever. He whatever he wants to wear, whatever he's comfortable in, that's what he's gonna wear. But for some reason, if a woman takes the stage, she's supposed to be a sex object from the moment she walks out on the stage to the moment the song is over. And are we even listening to her? Are we listening or are we watching? It's like I, I need to understand why we can't respect female talent. There is such amazing female talent out there, but we're being it's being foreshadowed by sexualizing them like can a woman go out there put a mic on a mic stand and let's hear her sing why is it about what she's wearing who she's dating does she sleep with this person is she a record what does any of that matters rappers have kids with 15 different women we don't ask them about that in interviews you are so right but if a woman happened to date one celebrity break up with them and is dating another celebrity the entire interview is now about her dating life yeah why is that TV and it's not just with these. It's not just musicians. It's everybody. It's female athletes. Look at the WNBA. True. Look how True. they're treated versus the NBA. You know, nobody. Oh, nobody wants to go see the girls play. Why not? They're capable That's of playing. True. What about the girls' soccer team? They were getting paid less than the men's soccer team. Yeah. It's just. It's period. It's so not fair how women are treated. When there's so many things that women can do and are good at it. And it's just. And you have to even understand this. Women are late to the party because in the beginning of time, they didn't let women do anything. Men have always been equally talented as men. They didn't have the right to do it. 
And now that we've, I don't want to say we, because I had nothing to do with it. Now that they're allowing women to do whatever they want, express themselves and play sports and whatever, it's like they're late to the party and they're still better. Okay. Like women are songwriters, they're singers, they can play sports. We've seen WNBA players who can dunk on an NBA player. Okay. Like let's just be realistic. Women started late and they're still better. Like, why can't we just respect the fact that they are talented? They can do the same exact thing and we make equal. Like you said, there are women who are playing in the NBA who have part time jobs. Why? Because we're paying an, a male NBA player more money than he could ever spend in his lifetime in a year. Why are we doing this and why is it acceptable? And who is letting these rules apply to men only and women? to struggle because even though they're doing the same job they're doing the same thing they're selling the same amount of tickets and it goes for singers too i think taylor swift became a billionaire recently and i was really impressed with that because taylor swift has came from you know she started out from very humble beginnings i think she was 15 years old and got signed and she put out her music and it was very slow starting like she put out her first album she didn't blow up you know some people put out an album and later they're on a stadium tour she worked her way up. She became a billionaire. And I think that that's very impressive because she's so nice and caring and understanding. She did $50,000 bonuses to the, the truck drivers on her tour because she was like, well, all of this equipment and all of this stuff that I take to all these cities would never get there without you. And she's, yeah. she's just such a, a good example of how women do something, be so amazing at it and still think about other people. Because let's be honest, um, a lot of male artists are on tour and they're not doing anything extra for their crew. And I'm not trying to call out men, but I haven't heard any. Um, I don't know. No, you know what? I will say this. Drake does do a lot of things. That, you know, I think at one show, he gave away a $150,000 Mercedes truck or whatever. Drake does do things to people who come to his shows. But Taylor Swift has definitely set the for how you treat your friend, your fans, how you treat your employees and how you treat people in general. Right. Like Taylor has always set that standard and i want people to start respecting women as artists as athletes as workers as mothers just humans and it's like why does a woman have to work twice as hard to make less to do what a man is doing it's like i hate this it's like we live in this world where women have to work three times as hard to get the same recognition as a man who barely does anything it's just outrageous and I hate that we even are talking about this in 2023 because we have a female vice president. Like, I thought we were making strides to, to correct these horrible standards that were set. And I don't know. I don't know if we are or not. Like, I don't know if we're making any strides at all. Like we're, we're making tiny, tiny steps and we need to be making leaps and jumps and, and moving mountains at this point. And, you know what? We've been watching all of this go down, and I think Brittany is a good example of the fact that she had to have an abortion and it because we we can't ex we we at that time couldn't accept a woman making choices for her body. Like we need to learn that women are fully capable of making their own choices. They are talented. They're smart. They can do anything that is right for them. They can make that. Decision. And I guarantee you, the people who are making decisions in her life are men. And I hate that. I hate the fact that she had to suffer at the hand of a man who would never even understand. You don't understand what she went through. They had to come to her house and form an abortion on her. So that room, her house, I don't know how long she lived there, but every time she went into that room, she had to go and relive that horrific 
moment because they had to keep it a secret. No one could have known that she did this and she didn't do anything wrong. You know, if, if she really wanted to have that process, nothing was wrong there, but they made her feel like she was something, which is even worse. I feel like that's even worse. They made her feel like she did something wrong and forced her to do that wrong thing. Because that's because Brent probably would have had that baby and raised it and, and continued her career. But some man thought that that wasn't the right direction for her. It's a man's world. That's what they say. Well, we got to make sure that it be. I think Taylor is making sure that this is becoming a woman's world. And I think Olivia Rodrigo is following in his footsteps. Women are doing it. They're doing it big. They're making a huge impact. They are. I think Taylor's tour sold completely. Beyonce's tour sold out completely. Or Olivia Rodrigo's tour sold out completely. I think they are setting the standard. They're making people understand and realize, look, have been sleeping on women. Women are making this industry around women like let's be honest mariah carey the queen of christmas she's put out so much more music than just christmas music right like the amount of contribution that she's put into the music industry is more than a lifetime right more than a lifetime of music you can go and put in her name in any social media any um streaming app mariah carey has contributed so much and what's even more impressive about her she writes her own music she doesn't let anybody tell her what to sing she doesn't let anybody control her she wears what she wants and i think i've i've, I've always thought that she was so outspoken and a lot of people like oh well, she's diva and i was like well there's a difference between being a diva and just being yourself and i think mariah carey from the beginning has always been herself and a lot of people don't understand when you're strong and you're telling men what you want to do and they're arguing with you, you have to be strong, you know, because she started out in the 90s, right? I believe it was the 90s where I'm pretty sure everybody put in charge of putting her music out with a man, right? And I feel like she had to fight tooth and nail to become GSA. And I'm just glad she was able to do that because to this day, she's still the same New York girl, right? Who put out that music and she the words that she wrote down and she connects with her fans not just at christmas but any time of the year she's a strong one as well so let's hope that the world will eventually get better and women will get the yes. recognition they deserve absolutely we got to catch up all right so we're gonna um end this episode episode five of the pop culture podcast thank you so much to my co-host we're gonna come back next week um, there's some other topics I want to talk about, like Kanye West's um, son. Um, he likes to flip off the paparazzi. So we're going to talk about that because a lot of people are saying, oh, no, we'll talk about that. There's a lot with that as well. And, you know, there's some stuff going on with the Kardashian show as well. I want to get in. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, make sure you check in with us next week as well. Um, if you didn't know, um, the Family Shunts final chapter is um premiering this week so if you want to see what happened with the details of the divorce it got ugly guys so make sure you're watching that we're going to talk about this um next week thank you guys so much and we'll talk to you all really soon thanks so much heather bye thank you